Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the totally awesome podcast, the TAP Podcast So Bad You Might Just Tap Out. I am your host, your boy, the one and only Josh Geddon. Uh, and I just finished watching the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. That was an adventure, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Four hours of my life down the drain for the Justice League. And um, so, basically, this episode, I'm going to be giving my thoughts and opinions on the Snyder Cut, because I do feel like it is one of those moments in, like, comic book, movie, internet history that we're all going to be talking about. Because, uh, I, I, even though, um, and I'll get into a lot of this as we go on, um, I'll just go ahead and say that um, the entire release the Snyder Cut hashtag and campaign I was never a part of. I was never, like, I was like, if it exists and they show it, then I'll definitely watch it. Sounds cool. Uh, but I was never, like, crazy about it. And I'm not really a hardcore DC fanboy. I'm not really a hardcore Marvel fanboy either. I just like superheroes. I just like superhero movies. I like supervillains. I, I, and on full full disclosure, I I don't read comic books. I don't like comic books. I like comic book movies, but I don't like comic books. But now we're just starting to veer off a little bit. Also, it's storming at my house right now. So if you hear a lot of stuff in the background and it's raining, it was super windy earlier. I went outside and the swings were knocked over. So that was fun. Oh, it's starting to get really bad right now. <laughs> as soon as I start this, uh, the storm starts. But it's fitting because it was a it's it's dark and depressing, kind of like the Snyder Cut was. There was a lot of rain in the Snyder Cut movie. So, yeah, um, before I get, and full, and again, full disclosure, I'm gonna, apparently that's one of my favorite phrases, full disclosure, uh, this is going to be a very spoilerific, uh, I'm not gonna say review, it's just my thoughts. I guess it's a review, kind of, but, uh, there's gonna be spoilers in this video. So if you have not seen the Snyder Cut, and you don't if you don't want anything spoiled then click off this video because I'm going to go in detail but honestly um while uh, and it, I, there's not all that much to spoil there's a couple things but for the most part the concept the themes and the idea and where the movie is going is pretty much the same what is given a massive overhaul is the presentation and the uh, the consistency of tone. Wow, it's storming really bad all of a sudden. As soon as I start recording this, it's really bad. It's honestly kind of funny. I'm keeping I'm keeping all of this in because this is the worst podcast ever. So yeah, um, basically the presentation and the length are the biggest changes to the Snyder Cut of uh, the Justice League. Which, for those of you that don't know, um, and I'm gonna actually go back a little bit uh, before I really dive into this. This is honestly, like, for me specifically, this feels like Batman vs. Superman all over again. This feels like the same deal with Batman vs. Superman all over again. It's a little different, but once again, we have the studio ruining a movie, and then we actually get to see what the movie was supposed to look like, and everyone's like, oh, it's actually good. So thanks, Warner Brothers. Thank you so much. Uh, because, remember, if you remember back when Batman vs. Superman came out, God, that movie came out in 2016. I feel so old. In 2016, Batman vs. Superman came out, and it was a janky, choppy mess. And honestly, I didn't even like it that much. when I, I, It was very disappointing to me, because it was so choppy, and things just kind of happened. Um, and then the Ultimate Edition came out, the director's cut, and voila, with this 30 minutes of extra footage reinserted into the runtime... All of a sudden, the movie was better. It was like they put more... It was like the movie didn't have much blood, and they gave it a blood transfusion. The It really, really got back what it needed. And now Batman vs. Superman, I love that movie. The Ultimate Edition. If you want to watch Batman vs. If you want to watch the DCEU, which apparently it's not even called the DCEU anymore. I don't know what it's called. I'm not keeping up with all that. If you want to watch... Batman vs. Superman. If you want to go through these movies, watch the Ultimate Edition. Don't touch the theatrical edition because it's a bastardization of that movie. And I was like, man, I, I wish... I, re I really hope that this is a lesson for movie studios to not do this anymore. They did it again with, <laughs> with Justice League. Uh, it happened again with Justice League, and I feel like uh, it's some weird deja vu that's going on here. 
because like Batman vs Superman, where the original theatrical cut is a choppy mess, and the Ultimate Edition, where they put they fix the movie, is actually a good movie. It's actually a good, compelling, entertaining movie. It's the same thing with Justice League here, because, and I guess I'll say it now, the Snyder cut of Justice League, in my opinion, is very good. It is far superior than the theatrical cut that we got in theaters back in 2017, because it's essentially the, what I just described with Batman vs Superman all over again, except to a m much more substantial degree. With Batman vs Superman, they just added 30 m minutes of the movie back in. With Justice League, we've gone from a two-hour movie to a four-hour movie. So, yikes. Although, again, the circumstances behind the Justice League are a little bit different. With Batman vs Superman, it was just purely uh, Warner Brothers ruining the movie. With Justice League, what happened was uh, Zack Snyder, for those of you that don't know, uh, Zack Snyder originally had like this long... I don't even remember if it was four hours long originally. I think it was like three-something hours. But while he was making the movie, his daughter passed away, and he stepped away from the project, um, as which is understandable. And then Warner Brothers still wanted the movie out by the deadline that they had set. They didn't want to push it back. They wanted to get their money, because, you know, money makes the world go round. Uh, they hired Joss Whedon, because he did the Avengers. He can stitch this Frankenstein's corpse of a movie together, and we can have it in theaters and make our money back. So the Justice League movie we got was by both uh, Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon, except, okay, the 2017 original theatrical cut of the Justice League, I know a lot of people hate it. I personally like it. I think it's fine. I can kind of tell that it feels like a movie that was made by two different people, and it's a little weird, and it's a little choppy. I don't think it's anywhere near as as screwed up as the original cut of Batman vs. Superman. I actually really dislike the theatrical cut of Batman vs. Superman. But with this, I give it a teeny bit of slack because there were extenuating circumstances that led to uh, the bomb of the 2017 Justice League. And also, not only did one of the, the directors have to step away because of a family tragedy, Warner Brothers once again was like, we do not want this movie exceeding two hours. So, Joss Whedon had to put the movie in a blender. He had to put it in a blender and a paper shredder all at the same time. And if you can figure that out, then you should go get a job at Warner Brothers, I guess. So, what we got was a choppy mess that I actually thought was enjoyable. But I could, kind, I could understand why other people didn't like it. So, um, with all that context, with all the groundwork laid... Um, and I already said that I liked the Snyder Cut. I have actually, I don't know if I would say I love it. But I do really, really, really like it. I think that the Ultimate Edition of Batman vs. Superman is uh, better than the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Uh, Justice League, the Snyder Cut, is not the greatest movie of all time. I'll go ahead and say that right now. I do have some issues with it. But for the most part, I thought it was very enjoyable. And honestly, this is what should have been in theaters. Except maybe not a four-hour runtime... I cannot imagine many people would go to a movie theater for a four-hour-long movie, and if they went to a movie theater and they were like, wait, this movie's four hours long, then they would probably just get up and leave. I ain't sitting here for four hours. But since they're streaming it on HBO Max, which is where I watched it, and yes, I, I am a teeny bit notorious for pirating things. I actually got HBO Max uh, just for this movie because I wanted to see it, because I felt like it was an event. It felt like an event. Which, honestly, is one of the biggest improvements over the theatrical cut of the Justice League. This feels like, even in the movie, this feels like an event. The Justice League movie, one of the things I kind of didn't like about it is it just felt like another movie. It felt like another superhero movie. Like, where the Avengers, after you had the build-up, and now you have the Avengers movie, the Avengers movie felt like an event. Every Avengers movie that has come out, even if you don't like I know a lot of people don't like Age of Ultron. I love Age of Ultron. Full disclosure. Again, I said that's the third time I've said that that phrase in this in this video. I love all the Avengers movies, and each one, including Age of Ultron, felt like an event. Infinity War felt like an event. Endgame felt like a massive, like once in a lifetime event to see that movie for the first time on the big screen. Justice League, which is DC's Avengers, just felt like another movie, and that's not good enough. But one thing with the Snyder Cut is it 
felt like a huge event. It felt like I was excited for this. With Justice League, it kind of felt like it was just going through the motions. And uh, I don't know if that makes much sense, but that's how I, I felt like the, two, the theatrical cut was just kind of coasting. It was like, oh, the, the hero, the hero, here's your heroes. It's the Justice League. Yay. Snyder Cut feels like, all right, this is the Justice League. It's happening, and you're going to like all of it. You're going to like every bit of it. Just eat it. Just eat it, have it, love it, need it, breathe it. Yes. That's what this felt like. That they need to put that on the box. Eat it, love it, need it. <laughs> they need to put that on the box. <laughs> As like a critic who liked it. Uh, that I would I would actually love that. But yeah, this felt like this felt like something important. Um it felt like an it felt again, it felt important. I don't know how else to put it. It felt like it was big. Now, would I put the Snyder Cut above any of the Avengers movies? No. Uh, I, I would, maybe close, but no. Because, um, again, the Avengers took much more time to build their stories than the DCEU did. Because, again, they can bring out all the directors... They can bring out a director's cut, God forbid, of Man of Steel that makes that movie somehow a five-star masterpiece. And it still wouldn't have as much of the payoff as the Avengers movies did because, again, those movies were built to for a long time before they finally came out. And DCEU tried to play catch-up and when they shouldn't have. They should have just took their time, but they wanted to hop on that gravy train of cinematic universes and here we have what we have. But all that said, I'm not going to bring up Marvel the entire time we're here. Um, again... I still think that the best DCEU movie is the Ultimate Edition of Batman vs. Superman. I love that movie. I feel like just below that is this movie, the Snyder Cut. So, um, Wonder Woman's up there, Aquaman's up there, Shazam's up there, Man of Steel's up there. I, I like the DCU. S Suicide Squad is eh. I don't hate Suicide Squad, I just think it's eh. The Extended Edition, I actually think, is worse than the Theatrical Cut, which is weird to think about. Uh, because of, we're now living in a world where the extended cut is the cure to all of hum humanity's ailments. Not for Suicide Squad, apparently. There, uh, there's not a lot that can save that movie, apparently, which I, I still think is fine. But um, Back to Snyder Cut. Uh, I guess I'll go more in-depth with the movie. Thing, I'll talk about the things that I did like. Number one, it felt like a big event. It felt like, like not just like, oh, this is something we've been waiting for. No, like, inside the movie, it felt huge. It felt like something big was happening. Which did not happen in the Justice League movie that we got in 2017. So that was a big plus. Um, it felt much, like, it's four hours long. How could it not feel coherent? It had plenty of time to flesh out everything, and it did. It, there was not a wasted second. Kind of, but I. Okay, all right. I'll just go ahead and get in, get this out of the way. One thing that it's not that I disliked it. It's just that it was very noticeable. There is so much slow motion in this movie. Practically all of the action set pieces are in slow mo, and at times it can be a little distracting. And there were a few moments where I was like, can we, can we just have like a regular fight scene? Can we, can we stop with the slow-mo? But, I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It was cool. It's just the same effect kind of loses its novelty after a while. There, There is so much slow motion in this movie, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot. If you don't like slow-mo, or if you like slow-mo, just not too much of it, then this might annoy you a little bit. But it was still cool to look at, so I forgave it. And it didn't annoy me that much, but I did think it was notable. Noticeable. There is a lot of slow mo in this movie, and in my opinion, a little too much. Um, another thing I liked about this movie, and I didn't even know that this was going to be a thing because I guess I haven't been following it that closely. This movie is rated R, which when I pulled it up on HBO Max, the, I looked down and it had an R rating, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that. This will be interesting." So a little bit more hype right before I press play. Um, and sure enough, there are F-bombs in this movie, which I did not expect, and it is so much more violent. This movie is violent, and it is, it is, yes, like, some of the blood is clearly CGI, but I don't care, it's entertaining. If you like 300, then you might get some 300 flashbacks with this movie, except I don't think there's, there's not cascading waterfalls of blood 
in this movie like in 300, but there is a lot of blood in this movie, and it's, like, the Justice League felt kind of like, it felt very uh, kid and family friendly, the theatrical cut from 2017. Uh, I would think twice before letting your kid watch the Snyder cut. Maybe watch it with them, but you, you you might maybe have some reservations. But honestly, for me, this is a positive because it makes it it it's more for one, it's more fun to watch. And there are parts of the movie where there were some solid hits and some like blood splatter where I was just like, oh, that was nasty. Um, and it it's just it's gruesome at points, and I really really like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's way more violent, way more action-packed than uh, the original theatrical cut, which, thumbs up for me. I, I enjoyed the action in the original cut of the Justice League. The Weed, the, I guess, some people call it the Joss Dist League, because, you know, Joss Whedon directed it, which is kind of clever, I won't lie. So I guess the Joss, I, I'll call it the Justice League for the rest of this video. The Justice League had a bunch of action in it, but it wasn't, like, violent, it felt more kid-friendly, which I don't have a problem with, but this is more fun to me. Because I'm a guy, I like some blood, guts, destruction, and violence. Grrr. That's another quote you can throw in the box of the Snyder Cut DVD when it comes out. Lots of violence, blood, and guts. Grrr. Please put that on the box. And the eat it, drink it, sleep it, whatever. That I, nonsense crap that I said earlier. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it was a lot more violent, a lot darker, which, of course, it's Zack Snyder is completely in control, so of course it's gonna be dark, but it wasn't, like, emo, constantly droopy, like, I wanna kill myself, the entire movie. There actually was some levity at points, and it was, it wasn't, like, full tilt, like, an emo movie. Like, I don't, they could've made this movie in black and white if they wanted to, with no one smiling, everyone just crying the entire time, but, which is a little bit of what I was expecting, but it actually had more levity than I thought it would, um, like, uh, in the jo the Joss the Justice League is, it has a lot more, uh, humor in it, which I, 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 the humor got me, I thought the Justice League was funny, but there is not as much humor in the Snyder Cut, there is still humor, like, there's still the, what's your superpower, and Batman's like, I'm rich. That's a great line, in my opinion. That's still in there. Stuff like that's still in there, and it works for me because I think that kind of stuff's funny. Plus, they add in some stuff uh, that I think's funny, like uh, like Alfred just roasts Batman the entire movie, pretty much, and it's hilarious. Um, and yeah, this is there. The comedy isn't like distracting. It there it doesn't feel tonally inconsistent because while I did enjoy the comedy in the Justice League, it did kind of made me think we were just like super serious and sad a minute ago and now we're making jokes now we're all quippy and everything so it didn't really work that well i mean i i i, I didn't i it didn't bother me that much but here it's this movie is not totally inconsistent at all which duh one person's making it instead of two so yeah um uh, another thing i liked about it um there were some things in the uh original cut the justice league that I did not like. For example, the whole scene where uh, Bruce, where the where the Justice League is arguing with each other, because in in any like get the group together movie, there has to be a part where they all argue and don't like each other. That cliche, that trope. They didn't really do that in this movie. It was the the difficulty was getting them together, and once they got them together, they didn't really have a they didn't have a band a boy band breakup scene, which I appreciated because in the original cut, the Justice League. There's a scene where Batman and uh, Wonder Woman get into it a little bit, and Bruce makes a snide comment about uh, what's his name the the Wonder Woman loved. I can't remember. Uh, Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. He makes some kind of snide comment about uh, Steve Trevor, and it and it just and I'm just like, that was a really douchey thing to say, Batman. You're the leader of this. We're screwed. <laughs> so that that whole thing was taken out of this movie. So, and I think it made it better, because, honestly, you can't have the group is about to break up and every the group gets together movie. 
And I'm glad that that wasn't in. That's one thing that's not in this movie. They took that out. There is no group in danger of breaking up where they have to realize how good a friend, the, the, the real superpower of teamwork. There's, there's, there's none of that in there. Once the Justice League gets together in this movie, they stay together. They have some disagreements here and there, which there are some disagreements that I actually liked that they added to this movie. That there's more context that they added to this movie that make it that make it better. But I'll get into that later. But there's no no like childish arguing like in the Justice the Justice League cut. Like there's no snide comments about Steve Trevor or anything like that. Um. So and another thing that was taken out was a lot of people didn't like the weird. Russian family, Russian or German family that the Flash saves in the Justice League cut, where the whole the big fight's going down and everything's oversaturated with this pinkish red color in the background that looked weird. Um, and the Flash, to give him something to do, he saves this family from like the mother box's branches, and it kind of felt like they were like just. We is like well, the Flash is the comedy character, so we need to give him something funny to do. So they gave him a family to look after and be cutesy about it, which I didn't mind. A lot of people didn't like it, but I didn't mind it. Well, that is not in the movie at all. In fact, this final the city where they had the final showdown is completely deserted, which I approved of because you didn't have to worry about. Like, you could do all the collateral damage and all these big Dragon Ball Z, everything's exploding, buildings falling down, uh, action set pieces without people complaining, Aren't they killing people? Well, no, because there's no one there, huh? Big brain! I can knock down a building if no one's in it! And no one can, will complain, especially since, like, apparently no one had lived in that city for years because it was, like, a nuclear disaster or whatever. Um, so... And, and even that... Like, they explain in the movie that, like, this city that they were fighting at had some kind of nuclear disaster, and Steppenwolf is using that city as, like, a base and draining it and using its radioactivity to strengthen his uh, stronghold. That's one thing I love about this cut, and that's one thing you can do with, like, a four-hour-long cut, is you can explain... Everything has a purpose and an explanation. An explanation that's either told through you through uh through um dialogue and um and exposition that's the word I was looking for through dialogue and exposition and they just show you a lot of things you are shown and told a lot in this movie that you just it was either vaguely hinted at or just n- not even brought up or hinted at in the Justice League cut so even small things like oh this city this, this specific city Stephen Wolf is using for a reason. Even stuff like that is explained. Tiny little details are given a little bit of sunlight. And surprise, surprise, it makes your movie better. But yeah, there's no weird Flash saving a family. And they actually, which I guess I'll go ahead and get into that now. Um, Like I said, the action set pieces are better. I uh, said earlier that uh, they made the final fight in the Justice uh, League cut. This weird pinkish red hue in the background that kind of looked weird. Completely did away with that. It's like a dark blue, and it looks like they're just fighting at night. So it looks fine. It's not distracting at all, and it, it actually makes it more engaging to watch. And they actually added some more things in it. Like there's this part where Cyborg is being chased by a bunch of parademons, and he like does this spinning laser move that causes like a sea of buildings to like to implode on top of these things as he's flying towards the camera away from them, and it looks so cool. It was such a cool shot. And I really liked it. It was almost like an Iron Man like thing he did, uh, which uh, it was like the spinny laser thing, except he was coming towards the camera, and yeah, it, 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 it just looked really cool. It looked really cool. Um, and that entire set piece, um, uh, I, I guess to get into that, I'll get into okay. I'll just whatever. Um, I, I'm thinking there's there's a lot to take in with this, and my brain is just all over the place right now. But um. Everyone in the final fight had a function or a purpose, or this would not have succeeded without them. Where in the Justice League, while the final fight was entertaining and fun to watch, in my opinion, really you only needed Cyborg and Superman, and maybe one of the other characters to distract Steppenwolf a little bit. It kind of, like Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. 
and The Flash all, it was kind of like they were just there in the final fight and in, during, in the Justice League. But in this final fight, it feels like all of them are important. Each one of them has a function. I mean, The Flash, I mean, Cyborg, okay, I'll start with Cyborg. Cyborg, he, ha he has to get inside the mother boxes to separate them before they, they synchronize and the world explodes. Um, so he has to get inside there, and he ha he cannot be pulled away from it, or he can't do it. The Flash, he has to build up enough momentum to get a strong enough electric current through Cyborg to get him into the Mother Box. Um, Superman, uh, has, and, uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, they have to distract, uh, Steppenwolf, because Steppenwolf, if he is fighting against, uh, Cyborg, he keeps him away from the mother boxes, it's not going to work. He can't get in there if he keeps getting pulled away from it. And even then, they're like, they if they didn't, if Wonder Woman and Aquaman teamed up to fight, if they didn't team up to fight Steppenwolf, then they would have lost. Sure, Superman comes in at one point to save the day, but if without without Wonder Woman and Aquaman, then Superman wouldn't have gotten there in time because, again, he would have gotten to Cyborg. So everyone felt important, even Batman. Batman, I will say, didn't really... He just shot the Parademons during the final fight. He just shot a gun a bunch of times. Which, he did He did some cool things, but he did just largely just get designated to, I'm gonna shoot the bad guys. You guys take care of the boss guy. I'll shoot the henchmen. But even then, without Batman, you wouldn't have had the Justice League come together. So it's kind of like he's watching them work together, and he's like, yeah, I knew this was a good idea. So even then, everyone has a part to play, which you didn't really feel that in the Justice League. In the Snyder Cut, everyone feels important, which is just great. Speaking of Superman and the Justice League and the final confrontation, one thing I, I liked and disliked about the Joss Whedon cut, the Justice League, is... Superman was fun to watch in the Justice League, but man, he made the entire Justice League look like a bunch of scrubs. Because, like, they're struggling against Steppenwolf, they're struggling, they're struggling, they're struggling, they're, they can't beat him. And then Superman just comes in and 1v1s him, and, like, he's like, why, why are you guys even here? It was like, you were holding the baton for me, waiting for me to get to the stadium, and now I'm here, and now I'm gonna light the, I'm gonna light the torch so the Olympic Games can start. So now all you guys can just go home, because that's all you're good for. They felt so they felt so outclassed. They so felt like Superman's sidekicks in the Justice uh, League cut of the movie. Because he's so overpowering Steppenwolf. It's like he doesn't need the other guys. And I just I I liked seeing Superman beat up people, but I didn't like how unimportant it made the other characters feel. Here the way they did it. He still gets some good shots in on Steppenwolf, but he they do it in a way where the other characters don't feel unimportant. He doesn't so sorely outclass everyone in this movie. He feels important. He's, he's clearly the most powerful member of the Justice League, and you are fully aware of that. Hell, they spend a lot of time... They devote a lot of time to resurrecting him because they need him, but it's not so... We, it's, it's not so... He's our get-out-of-jail-free card. In the Justice League, he it's like he's the get out of, he's the get out of the jail free card. If we resurrect him, movie's over. We broke we, uh, up up down up down left right left right B A start. We broke the game and now we win. It doesn't feel like a cheat code. In this movie, it feels like we might lose with him either way, but we'll have our chances will be better if we resurrect him. And we'll do we need anyone we can get at this point, which is a much better way to go about. It. And spoilers if you see the movie. They lose at a point. Because in the Justice League, that it's like the mother boxes are fusing into one and plants are growing. And that's bad. So we have to stop that before the plants keep growing and kill people. And I'm just like, I mean, sure. You, you better stop that because that's bad. But in the Snyder Cut, the idea is if these three boxes synchronize, it's going to explode, everyone's going to die, and Darkseid wins. If these, these if this bomb goes off, we lose. It feels much more urgent. It feels much more like white knuckled and like you're chewing your fingernails. Like oh, they need to do it. Where's Barry? Where's Barry? And again, Barry Allen 
The Flash is trying to build up enough momentum to transfer a strong enough electric current into um, Cyborg. But he doesn't get there in time. So Cyborg doesn't get in there in time. So it explodes and kills all of the Justice League except for the Flash. And then the Flash is like, you know what? I'm going to do that thing that I said I wasn't going to do. I'm going to break that law that I didn't want to break. And he goes so fast that he rewinds time. Which if you're thinking, well, he just can randomly do that. They established that he can do that earlier in the movie. Which, when kind of when they said that, I was like, oh, he's going to like reverse time or something, isn't he? And we already kind of knew he could do that because he like broke through time in the Batman vs. Superman movie with the uh, future Flash thing, the Vision thing in that movie. Which they actually bring... One thing I really like is in this movie, the, the Snyder Cut, they actually... Uh, Bruce Wayne brings that up. Which further connects it to Batman vs Superman, which I really liked. Um, so yeah, uh, and so like they lose, and the Flash, if he didn't reverse time, then they would have lost. So again, everyone is important. Superman wasn't the cheat code to make you invincible, so you win the game easily. Like Superman, died, and it was it was honestly kind of funny. I was like, they literally just resurrected Superman just so he could get vaporized. It just Superman's like. I just came back to life, and you couldn't stop these boxes from exploding for five seconds, and now I'm dead again. <laughs> I did think that was kind of funny. And and it's great, too. The Flash is going, it's like rewinding time, and you see everyone that got disintegrated, they're being reintegrated, I guess that's the word, reintegrated, their skin is coming back, and you see their bones reforming, and their skeletons, and their meats reforming, and it's just like, and I'm just like, that's freaky, but that's cool. I mean, that's kind of how it would look. I mean, if you got disintegrated and then someone rewound that slowly, it would look kind of weird. It would look kind of freaky. Uh, but so, again, everyone is, was instrumental. And Superman wasn't... Superman, they dialed... They didn't nerf Superman, but they didn't super overpower Superman. They didn't make him the game breaker. They didn't ruin the movie by his presence. They just made they made him what they should have made him, a valuable asset that they couldn't have won without. Which is what everyone in this felt like, a, a necessary asset that they couldn't have won without. Which is what a team should be. Justice League didn't, yeah, there was a team and they were helping each other, but they didn't really feel like you need, like if three of them died, they still could have won. And that's how that felt. But in this cut, if any of them would have died, then the whole plan would have fallen apart. So, I really like that about the Snyder Cut, is that everyone felt important. And another great thing about the Snyder Cut is all of the characters are given so much screen time that you actually can relate to their struggles and everything. Although, they, they, they give Batman roughly around the same screen time as he got in the Justice League, but that's because you already got most of what you needed from him to go through into this movie. They didn't really need to build up Batman in this movie because they did with uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition. So, um, but yeah, like, especially, especially Cyborg. In the Justice League, you kind of got the impression that, oh, I just got turned into this because my dad did some weird experiments, and now I'm Cyborg. It's a little weird, I'm a little freaked out, but hey, I'm a superhero now. That's what, that, it kind of felt like someone who was like, I got, I had this thrust on me, and I don't really know how to take it, it's weird, I can't really go out in public anymore. But it all works out. The Snyder Cut makes Cyborg's story so depressing. It is so depressing. And so much more you actually care about and feel for Cyborg in this movie, which astonished me because, I mean, like, he was cool in the Justice League movie, but I didn't really, like, care because he like he was like oh yeah i got my dad turned me into a robot it's kind of weird but whatever in this movie there's tension between him and his dad like and and, and, and in the justice league you never see his mom so you, like you don't even know if his mom's alive or dead or what i think they mentioned it like once but his mom's death in the snyder cut is an is an important integral part of his story because his mom was always there for him because he was a sports star and he was a, he was really smart and he liked to help people through unconventional means and his mom always run point for him would always back him up and was always there for him and then his mom dies and he almost dies in an accident 
So it's like it traumatizes him because the person that was always there for him is now dead. And his dad, who can't even make his football game, so he already doesn't have a great relationship with his dad. So then his dad saves his life by turning him into this cyborg. So of course, naturally, he's going to be furious with his dad. And it's just really good. It's really fleshed out. And their whole dynamic throughout the movie is just great. They didn't really have a dynamic in the Justice League, and that kind of made Cyborg just kind of there. Oh, we, oh, he, like, it, it felt very much like, oh, yeah, he's, he's on our team. Cheer for him. He's on our team. And my phone keeps going off. But cheer for him. While my phone's going off, cheer for him. But in this movie, you actually get why he is the way he is. And he's actually one of the best parts of the movie. And the fact that, like, he can directly, like, it's, they, they, the way it's framed in this movie is he can directly take on, he, just go head on, head to head, with a device that made him, quote unquote, into a monster. Like, he hates the mother boxes because they turned him into a cyborg. Well, now he actually gets to face the mother boxes that actually morph into the life that he wanted for himself. And it's just, it's just great. It's just great. And none of this was in the theatrical cut. He's just there in the theatrical cut. Kind of in the background as a side character. But in, in, he's an actual person in this movie. And it's so much better. And uh, same with Aquaman. That they a lot, of what, a lot of the extra stuff they put in for Aquaman is more just set up in acknowledgement of the Aquaman movie. Because the Aquaman movie takes place after this. So they're kind of setting up things there. Which I feel like... Uh, Zack Snyder wanted to do when he was originally coming up with this movie. He originally wanted to do that because he knew they were going to make an Aquaman movie, so he was trying to help set that, that, set that up for a little bit. But they didn't do all that much without... He's not as silly in this cut as he was in the Justice League. He's pretty much the same guy, except he's more... He's he's less he's less quippy, I guess. Um, and he, he, has some, he has some awesome moments. He has some cool fight scenes. It's that they just didn't really change that. They didn't like... It's not like we're with Cyborg where they gave him character in this in this cut. It's just more of what we needed. But like uh, Wonder Woman, they actually I love how they um do like the Amazons send her a message, which I I can't remember if they kind of did that in the Justice the Justice League or not. But again, with more runtime, they got to flush it out more, and it was more impactful. And they actually have. Uh, Diana go down into like a, a crypt or a tomb or whatever with the arrow that they shot to her as a message as a warning of invasion and that's where she gets all the expositions that she can tell us later to, uh, to Bruce Wayne so just again a lot of things are just done much better in this movie things make sense there's not a wasted bit of screen time at all unless you count the slow motion if, if you cut if you cut if the slow motion was like if the, you took like 50% of the slow motion out, this movie would probably be three and a half hours long. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> there's so much slow motion in this movie, is ridiculous. If you take a shot, every time there's slow motion in this movie, you will die. If you take a shot of water, every time there's slow motion in this movie, you'll drown. But <laughs> there's so much in this movie. I I'm exaggerating, it's not that bad, but there is a lot of it. But yeah, like, every character is just given more time to shine. There's no weird CGI upper lip for Superman in this movie. And um there's not like there's not like a him trying to be happy and chipper. There's more like whoa. I was dead, now I'm not. This is going to take some time to adjust. And he has some nice heartwarming scenes with, with like he has one heartwarming scene with Lois and his mom that was in uh Justice League but they they cut it down a little bit. To make it like not take as long, because I guess it was kind of unnecessary. What, it, it, whatever they did, it just worked. It was just better. Plus, they have a scene where uh, Clark is still regaining his identity, and he actually goes to the ship where uh, where um, Lex Luthor created Doomsday. Um, and he like hears his father and his adopted father talking to him, and he's reminded of his purpose and everything, which was not in the original cut, but it gives him more of a reason to join the good guys instead of just not going. And he dons the black Superman suit. I don't know what the significance of that is because, again, I don't read comic books. But it looked cool, so it has my it has my seal of approval. So we have black suit Superman in this movie, which is just great. It just looks cool. 
Um, so yeah, they, so every character, like I liked every character in the original cut. This extended cut, this Snyder cut, just makes all the characters that I already liked, it makes me like them more. Because it gives them more to do. It gives them more of a reason for what they do. It gives them more character. It just just it, it just gives everything more time to breathe. And that's what the Justice League really needed. And again, I don't mean to bash on the Justice League so much. I actually enjoy that cut. But the Snyder cut is far superior, and I don't know I I don't know why anyone would ever watch the theatrical cut ever again after this. There's there it, it's it's obsolete. Same with the theatrical cut for Batman vs. Superman. Why would you ever pick that over the Ultimate Edition? It's an inferior version of the movie. Why would you pick that? Again, I don't want to dump on it too much because I didn't enjoy it, but if you're going to pick one, pick the better version, which is this one. But now I'm going to get into probably my favorite uh, fix, quote-unquote. The main thing I did not like about the Justice League, the original cut, was the villain. Steppenwolf. The Steppenwolf we got in 2017 was so boring. I am Steppenwolf, and I have an axe, and I'm bad. I want the mother boxes, because I want to grow alien plants to destroy the world. That 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 is literally all Steppenwolf was in the original movie. He was so, he was so painfully like the middleman. He was so clearly... He had henchmen stamped on his forehead. He wasn't like a final boss. Darkseid's the final boss. But he's like he's like an end-of-level boss. You know what I mean? He's, he's stronger than the regular henchmen. He's stronger than the parademons. But he's not like the guy you want to fight. I guess they wanted him to be like Loki in the Avengers. But Loki's awesome. Loki's hilarious. Loki can be threatening. And Loki's fun. Steppenwolf in 2017 was just like, I'm the boss of this quadrant, and you cannot move on to the next quadrant or level until you defeat me, muhaha. That was Steppenwolf's entire character in the original Justice League. And he just looked dumb. Like, his horns kind of looked cool, but the, like him from his forehead down was just like, that's the antagonist? Really? What? No. And even his name, and, and still, with even with the Snyder Cut, I still maintain Steppenwolf sounds lame. I've never liked the name. It's just, it's like when I first heard, when I was like, who's the villain in the Justice League movie going to be? And I heard Steppenwolf. My, re my response was, who? And, and it was so bland and forgettable and just random that it took me it, it took me a while to remember what the villain's name was when this movie was like not coming out but when like information was being put out to the public about it, like trailers and stuff and I was like what is his name again I keep forgetting because it's that forgettable even today Stephen Wolf's still a dumb name but this Stephen Wolf in the Snyder cut is a complete it's just a completely different thing entirely. You want to talk about upgrade. You know that meme where it's like a so-so picture and then the finger presses the upgrade button and it looks awesome and then like it press it again and then it's, it looks ugly and they're like, oh crap, go back, go back. It's like that except they press the upgrade button and now it looks cool and now we're fine. Like, yeah, that's perfect. Print that. That's This Steppenwolf is awesome. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I was like, whenever he wasn't on screen, I was like, man, I want to see Steppenwolf again. And a lot of that has to do with his revamped design. Old Steppenwolf kind of looked like a twerp. He just looked kind of doofy. He looked like, I'm Big Soldier Man from another planet with horns. This thing in the Snyder Cut, this Steppenwolf look like, looks like an angry spiked demon from hell. And you know me, I like my edgy stuff. This thing looks so edgy. And when he gets mad, his spikes stick out farther. Where are his... You may be asking, oh Josh again, where are his spikes? And I will respond with my own question. Where aren't his spikes? The man has spikes in places where I don't even... I didn't even know you had places. So edgy and I love it. 
And also, there's this cool... It's super CGI, and so, so is, like, a lot of this movie. Now, that's one of the complaints I hear, I've heard about. Is, is, uh, I'll, I'll get to it later. But, like, this one thing, this one effect that they gave him that I really liked, um, if you, like, the way the sun hits him at points, it, his, his armor, like, shines purple. Like, this faint little purple shine. And it's so cool looking. It just it's just interesting to look at. And I'm just like, that actually not he's not only horrifying looking, he's pretty. What? Like this he has a pretty light emanating from him. And not like pretty and when I say pretty, I mean like it just it looks cool. And, and like he has like a light purple reflection off of his armor and it just it's just interesting to look at i love that effect and not only is his appearance a much needed overhaul and upgrade he actually is a person he's not just the middle but he's still the middle boss but he doesn't feel like it anymore my biggest complaint about him he feels like the end of level boss they completely did away with that because the way they did it in this movie, he has fallen out of favor with Darkseid because uh, apparently he betrayed him in some way or failed him in some way. And now he's desperate to uh, do something big to earn Darkseid's approval to be welcomed back into the fold, to be welcomed back into the family. He, and he even says at one point, I just want to go home. And I'm just like, holy crap, Zack Snyder made me feel sorry for Steppenwolf. Made me feel sorry for Steppenwolf. The dude that I called a dodo bird a couple years ago. Because in the 2017 cut, he is a dodo bird. He's a doof. He's poopy butt. <laughs> and the maturity of the show just took a drastic nosedive. But yeah, in this version, he's actually a character. He's actually interesting. He's fun to watch. And I don't know what it is. I, I, is. It might be just because he's cooler to look at. He's a freaking boss. He's badass. He The way he just goes after people in this movie, leaping across the screen, beating people up, just chopping people in half with his scythe, it's awesome. Whereas in the original cut, it's just kind of so-so because he looks so... He, he is the definition of so-so in the older movie. But in this cut, he's actually menacing and fun to watch. Like, seriously, I was like, oh, Steppenwolf's here, oh, this is, oh, it's gonna get interesting. Like, every time he was on screen, I was captivated. Mostly because he looks cool. So, honestly, the weight of my heart is an edgy look. Like, if you look edgy, I'm going to be interested somewhat. And also, speaking of villains, they actually have, they actually have Darkseid in this movie, where they, they've, they referenced him once in the original cut, but in this movie, he's actually he actually has a part to play. But they did it smart. They don't want to blow. They did. They don't want to blow their load in this movie. They did the. They did kind of the Thanos thing. They didn't tease him at the very, 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 very end. But they had. They. They. What they did, I loved so much. They had the boss of this movie, Steppenwolf, die and send his dead body to Darkseid, as in saying, "Yeah, don't mess with us." And Darkseid is like. Screw you guys, I'll be back. You're going to pay for messing with me. And they have a little... They have a stare down. Darkseid and the Justice League have a stare down at the end of this movie. Through a time warp. And it's so awesome. It's so... And you get the feeling that... If Steppenwolf was this difficult... Good lord, how are they going to deal with Darkseid? And... Yeah. Just... Everything in this movie is so much better. Everything in this movie is so much better. Everything in this movie is so much better. Um, and even, like, in the way Steppenwolf died, or I don't even know if he died in the original, the way he was defeated in the original was kind of cutesy. He keeps talking, Oh, everyone, I feed on everyone's fear. The parademons feed on fear. Did you get all the fear, ladies and gentlemen? So, how does he lose? Uh, the Parademons turn on him because he's afraid of the Justice League. That silence is exactly like, just, what? It, it, it's cutesy and it's kind of lame. The way they beat him in this movie, 
is awesome. They just straight up overpower him and decapitate him. They beat the piss out of him and then decapitate him and throw his lifeless carcass literally to Darkseid's feet. And then when his head rolls at Darkseid, Darkseid crushes his skull with his foot because Darkseid's awesome. I'm serious, that stare down. Like, the entire four hours is worth it just for that stare down at the end. It's so good. It's such a tease, but it's, it's the best kind of tease. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, so, yeah, that, those are... So, basically, my biggest issues with the original movie, um, it felt a little tonally inconsistent. Uh, it felt... It didn't feel like a big event. Superman felt like a get-out-of-jail-free card, a cheat code to immediately win the game. It felt like God mode. And Steppenwolf sucked. Snyder Cut feels like an event. Everyone feels like they have a part to play. Superman feels like a valuable asset to the team, and he doesn't just feel like the cheat code to win the game. And Steppenwolf's actually cool. Which is probably the most shocking thing, because I thought he was so lame in the Justice League. The Justice League. He's actually interesting in this movie, which stunned me. I even, again, I even felt bad for the guy at a point in this movie. The, but I want to go home. I'm just like, oh, poor Steppenwolf. I would pet you, but you're you're too spiky. I don't want to hurt myself, but I, I want to pet you. It's going to be okay. Actually, it's not, because you're going to get decapitated in about a couple hours. So enjoy your last couple hours on Earth. Where am I going with this? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so pretty much all of my issues that I have with the original Justice League are fixed with this cut. But I do, I do have a few issues. It's not perfect. Um, it is really, really, really long. It is a four-hour-long movie, ladies and gentlemen. And up until the final climax, I feel like absolutely nothing should have been cut. Maybe we could have done without some of the slow-mo. But every scene up until, like, the very end, I felt like should have been in the movie. Then the epilogue happens in, like, halfway or most of the way through the epilogue. Uh, we have the sequence where we see Jared Leto's Joker, and it's, like, in the future, Superman's turned bad because Lois Lane died, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and you have the scene with, with the Joker. He, he does not say we live in a society. They just did that for the trailer just to pop everyone. They didn't actually have that line in the movie, which, honestly, I'm kind of glad, because that, that, that was a little cheesy, but it's just for the trailer. Um, but I, I actually, again, contro controversial opinion, I really liked Jared Leto's Joker in Suicide Squad. Go ahead and burn me at the stake now. I really liked him in this scene. He wasn't as kooky and crazy as he was in Suicide Squad. He was kind of toned down, but more just... He was just pushing Batman's buttons and having a fun time doing it. And I really enjoyed that. And Batman dropped an F-bomb, which surprised me. Uh, so, But that whole sequence, it kind of just felt tacked on. They should have had it as like a post credit scene. But it was a, it was a long scene, so I, can, I see why they didn't have it as a post credit scene. They just put it at the end of the movie. And then they had it fit by like Bruce Wayne like, <gasps> it was a dream sequence. Like, he bolts out of bed. Oh, that was a weird dream sequence. When in reality, it was a vision. Um, so, I... It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that it was the one part of the movie where I was like, that felt a little weird. It felt a little off. Because everything else that had happened at this point felt like it had... It was, like, part of the story that they were telling. And this felt... that was specifically felt like set up for what's coming next. And they had the Lex Luthor thing... Which also felt like set up. Like, just the ending of the movie I thought was great. It's just that a few things felt tacked on. Like saying, we're gonna do more movies! Wink, wink, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So, yeah, that's basically the... And again, the runtime is ridiculous. The, the longest movie I've ever watched. Um, which actually, this is not the longest movie. that There, there is a movie that is actually... There, look this up, ladies and gentlemen. There is a movie that exists. That is about that is literally twelve days long. I'm not joking. There is a movie that exists that is ten to twelve days long. Think about that. And another thing, I've I've heard a lot of people complaining about the runtime. Again, if this was in the movie theater, I would get it. I would understand. But it's on a streaming service, and a lot of the people complaining about how long this movie is are the same people who binge watch entire TV shows. 
so I don't really get the uh, continuity. Their own internal. They don't. They don't. They're. They. They're not consistent. They don't have internal continuity when they bring up this issue. If you can binge watch an entire TV show series, why can't you sit down for a four-hour-long movie when you already do that? What's the issue here? Is it, are you? I think it's they're just looking for things to complain about with the Justice League because there is, there is some anti-DC sentiment online, which I never really understood. I, 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 I do. I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, the critics just hate DC. I do. I, I, but I do feel like there is a little bit of bias against DC. I don't know why. But um. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to think of there's oh one thing I forgot to mention another thing that I really liked about this movie that you didn't really get much of in Justice League is there's more connective tissue in this movie like I mentioned Bruce Wayne brings up the vision he had with the Flash in Batman vs Superman so he referenced he taught yeah he, he doesn't even reference it he specifically mentions hey I had a vision about the Flash and he said this and I was like that connects to the previous movie. Um, and there are other things that connect to the previous films that I really like, like the speeches from both of uh, Superman's dads, his uh, Kryptonian dad and his human dad. There's a lot of connective tissue that relates it to a past to the past movies. The intro to the movie is completely different. We literally start the movie when Superman dies, and his death is why the mother boxes activate in the first place. In the Justice League, the mother boxes just appear out of nowhere. Oh, we have MacGuffins now. They're just here. At least in the Snyder Cut, Superman's death results in what happens with the mother boxes. So, like, the story flows into the Snyder Cut, which I really liked. I really liked that kind of connective tissue. Because if Superman didn't die then the mother boxes wouldn't have turned on. And we wouldn't have needed the Justice League because Steppenwolf wouldn't have been invading. Maybe. But Superman's death... The, the events of Man of Steel directly led to the events of Batman vs. Superman, which informed and led to the events of the Snyder Cut. And my virus and threat protection is low, apparently. Thank you, uh, Windows McAfee for that interruption. So yeah, the movie's leading into the problems in the next movies, or causing the problems in the next movies. I really like that. I really like that. Setting up stuff. Um, so, um, other than that, I can't really think about too much more to talk about with this movie. Oh, and uh, there's a, a couple cameos from this. Uh, again, spoiler, because I know he's like a big deal, apparently. Uh, Martian Manhunters in this movie. I have absolutely no idea who Martian Manhunter is. I've never heard of him, but apparently he's a big deal. I heard there was a big cameo in the movie. I assumed everyone was just talking about the Joker, and I was like, but everyone already knew about that. But no, it's Martian Manhunter. Who is this man? I have no idea. So instead of just it melting my mind and me going, oh. Martian Manhunter, no way, I can't believe it's Zack Snyder, marry me now. I was more scratching my head saying, who is this guy? And when he's like, oh, by the way, my name is Martian Manhunter, I'm like, your name is what now? That was more my reaction. They didn't take away. I was just like, alright, that's clearly a comic book thing that I'm just not aware of. So, whoever's listening to this, please uh, shoot me, like, like comment down below or message me or whatever who Martian Manhunter is and what his uh, relevance is to this saga or whatever. So, closing thoughts. Again, I do not like, I do not dislike the Justice League movie that we got. I think it's fine. But I ab I see abs. I there was one quote that I absolutely agree with. The theatrical cut is dead. That is true. There is literally no reason to ever watch that cut ever again because this version is what that one should have been. And hey, and and if you're one of those people that's like, oh, it's four hours long, it's divided into seven parts, and you can literally and it's on a streaming platform. You can literally pause it at any time to take a break. It's not like you're trapped in a theater without a remote. 
You're not stuck in a theater forced to watch this having to hold your tiny little bladder. Because God knows I wouldn't be able to hold my tiny little bladder. I can go an entire day without drinking anything, and the second I'm in the movie theater, the first thing I have to do when the movie starts is I have to pee. I'm like, where's this pee coming from? I haven't had anything to drink. What's wrong with my bladder? Now I'm just, I'm actually yelling downwards at my penis as we speak right now. How dare you, penis? Do this to me. I'm actually pointing at it right now. All right, this is getting weird. But yeah, uh, it's, you can pause at any time. It's divided into seven parts. Just, just watch it when you, you watch it at your convenience. But seriously, I, I, I do not recommend. I do not recommend ever watching the theatrical cut ever again. I mean, if you want to, go ahead, knock yourself out. Or I've seen, a, I've heard of a couple people doing this, uh, comparing the two, watching the theatrical cut and then watching the Snyder cut, for comparison purposes. Which I might do that one day, but not right now because I'm tired. Because I just sat through a four-hour-long movie, and now I'm talking about it for an hour. I've dedicated five hours of my life to this movie, which, in my opinion, was a worthwhile investment. Because I did have a good time. I thought it was I thought it was really good. I don't think it's the best movie ever. I don't even think it is better than any of the Avengers movies. I don't even think it's the best DCEU movie. I just think it's interesting that we finally saw the culmination of the Snyder Cut saga. So what all those fans were pleading and begging for finally came to pass. Finally came to fruition. It's not going to satisfy those fans because you cannot satisfy fans of anything on the internet with anything. Nothing's ever good enough for these people. But maybe someone somewhere out there will enjoy this. And one of those people that enjoyed it was me. And I, I didn't even ask for it. I was just like, oh, that'll be cool if it happens. And it did. And I liked it. So, that's... so yeah, long story short, uh, if you want to watch the whole thing, just take four hours out of your day and watch the Snyder Cut. Or if you don't want to, then watch the first two hours and then come back the next day and watch the other two hours, split it up. Just Or just watch one part, take like a couple hour break and come back, make a day out of it or something. Do chores, homework, go to work, come back, watch some more, whatever. I do think it is absolutely worth watching. It is a fun time. It is a fun movie. It's a good movie. It's so much better than the theatrical cut. And hopefully... It's not. This is gonna keep happening, but I I would love it if movie studios would quit ruining movies, quit chopping up movies into incoherent, incomprehensible messes. Let us have the movies that the directors want us to see. And yeah, and it is. It's it's interesting that that directors and movie companies are starting to go this way because I mean, remember with the whole Sonic the Hedgehog movie, everyone freaked out about his design, and then the movie, the people behind the movie fixed his design. And now people freaked out about the Snyder Cut, and now we got the Snyder Cut. So maybe we're seeing the dawning of a new era where movie studios are actually going to start trying to listen more to fans. Which I think that's a double-edged sword because, uh, in my opinion, most fans of any franchise are awful, and they have awful ideas. And if they were given the reins of the franchise, it would be an absolute abortion. But at the same time, you have to make your fans happy. You have to make most of your fans happy. You can't please everyone, but you should strive to please as many people as possible. And in my opinion, both fan bases and movie studios come uh, at it the wrong way. I think they're both the problem with movies nowadays. I But I do think that this is kind of like an olive branch of sorts. And... If movie studios start treating fans nicer, and if fans start treating movie studios nicer, then maybe the overall movie experience will be better for all of us. I don't know. That's not going to happen. That's just what I would like. Uh, I would like a world with sunshine and rainbows, not going to lie. I would, like a, I would like a world where it's fun to talk about movies again. Which is kind of what my life kind of was before I got on the internet. So thank you guys for robbing my joy! Anyway, uh... I'm clearly getting delirious at this point, but uh, so I'm gonna close this out. Oh, and also I forgot to mention the the song that I'm playing for this podcast is I can't remember what the name of the song is, and I don't feel like looking. I, I can't I can't think of it right now because I'm tired. But yeah, it's the the come together song that was in the original trailer for the Justice League, the the first cut of the movie. That's gonna be the intro and outro theme for this podcast. So. 
Tell me what you thought of the Snyder Cut. Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Did you... I don't know. Do you want there to be a Snyder Cut video game? Hashtag release the Snyder game. Get that trend started. I can't because I'm not on Twitter anymore. And neither should you be. Because Twitter's a terrible place to live. Um, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Go watch the Snyder Cut at your leisure. And I'll see you guys next time. Good night, everybody.